0: What is going on, everybody? GAR Capital Nation. My name is Carlos Garcia, founder and CEO of GAR Capital. Welcome again to the official GAR Capital podcast here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor app. Appreciate you guys joining me again, as always, to talk about markets and your money. So what's today going to be about, huh? Well, we talked about on the Instagram. New all-time highs. Wow. We're back at it, guys. The bull market is definitely roaring I wouldn't say bulls roar but the horns are up guys just by the way new all-time highs across the board Dow S&P and the Nasdaq total return on Dow but the S&P 500 mark did hit a new all-time high and also the Nasdaq hit a new all-time high closing high S&P 500 closed at 29.39 right near 29.40 and the Nasdaq composite 8146 the Dow is still at 26543 on the closing of Friday's uh, trading. So what do you do now? It's all time highs guys. So now I'm getting this question a lot. What do we do now? Well, I'm gonna kind of break it down for you on why the market is going up, what could change it and how do you play this? So there's two options here. We're gonna go for the last option first. How do we play this? Two camps here. Are you trading or are you investing? If you're investing, nothing has changed. You're doing dollar cost averaging. You're sending yourself up for auto invest every week, every two weeks your paycheck, whatever, with your 401k, none of this matters in the long-term game. Just think of it as the Golden State Warriors up 30 by halftime. You're more likely going to win anyways unless they blow a lead. And we've seen it happen before, 3-1 to one lead against the Cavs due to LeBron James. But that's for a different story. It's for a different podcast talking sports. But again, if you're a long-term investor, these kind of price action moves are nice to see. They're nice. They make you feel better. You'll see your uh, unrealized gains go up but at the end of the day really doesn't make a difference on your path to investing and retirement. But again, you still want to stick to the plan as you go along. If your dollar cost averaging your stocks are gonna be a little more expensive to buy, but you're happy anyways with your gains on your investment. So your 401k statement is making you feel very, very happy. If you're a short term investor, what do you do now? If that short term investor, you're a trader, what do you do? Well, we talked about this many times about what is leading the market, what's leading the charge. Well, there's a couple of things here I want to talk about in the S&P 500 uh, sectors. The blackguards right now have been healthcare and energy, and those two. Healthcare was doing pretty well earlier in the year, but then we're we'll talks of Medicare for all with the new election cycle. That's going to hurt uh, healthcare. Again, we have a top 10 stock in the healthcare field. It's actually United Health, and that's still the only healthcare stock that I like currently, and I would actually keep a buy rating on. But again, healthcare long term, especially with baby boomers. Medicare for all will not pass guys. It's just a fact of life. And again, just for, just for uh, editorial purposes, just wanna give you guys a heads up. I am a Democrat and I am pretty liberal. So again, this is not a show about politics. You can check out any other po- uh, podcast uh, talking about politics. But again, we're talking about your money. And I don't think Medicare for all will ever pass in Congress or get a presidential signature. It's just a fact of life. It will be just too expensive and we don't spend money on helping people. It's just the way it is, guys. So again, I think the healthcare sell-off is a little overblown. I think it's a great opportunity to get into UNH here at 237, which is where the closing price. And going forward, again, that's the one we recommend. There's other healthcare plays, of course, but I still like United Health the best. Energy sector, yes, energy has gone up. Uh, oil behind Bitcoin has been the actual best performer commodity or index or even just money across the board. Uh, oil has been the second best gainer Uh, you can see in WTI chart with oil and has been now it's closed closed at 68.80 at the time of Friday's trading Um, down 3.7 percent due to President Trump talking about he wants to lower prices he said he gave a call to the Saudis and OPEC saying to lower gas prices meaning of course crude oil comes with the territory so 68 62.80 a barrel how funny has it been since we got from the lows of 23 dollars a barrel just a couple of years ago. Big, big gains on crude oil. But again, it's, a, it's, not a, it's not an issue of demand, guys. Just keep that a heads up. It's not a demand issue, it's a supply issue. OPEC has been cutting supply. So again, demand has stayed pretty flat. It's not a growth story when it comes to oil, it's just pure supply cutoff. So again, when supply exceeds demand, prices go down. When, when demand exceeds supply, prices go up. That's just a fact of life. That's not about rigging oil prices, it's just what it is. Every country that refines oil, every corporation that refines oil, it's all about making money, guys. That's their job, that's their responsibility, their shareholders and their population, citizens. So again, that's oil for you. So energy and healthcare have been laggard. but what has been leading the way, guys? Staples have been leading the way, it's consumer staples, you know, the stuff that you basically need every day, cereal and what have you. Uh, Procter & Gamble, Col- Colgate-Palmol, those guys, they're the ones that are gonna go up and- Procter & Gamble has a great dividend. Those guys are gonna stay around no matter what. You have a recession, you're still buying razors, you're still buying shaving cream, you're still buying cereal every day, no matter what. So that's what we call consumer staples. Now, the number one, obviously we've been saying it again, this is a tech bull market, guys. It's all big cap tech. You know, the FANG names, Facebook, Apple, uh, Netflix, and Google. Or you can replace that with A-A-N-G, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. Or if you like, you can use the MAGA, which Dan Nathan on Fast Money Coins, which is Microsoft, Apple, Google, Amazon. And those have been a bellwether as well. But Netflix has been absolutely on fire as well. So you can kind of switch up as you want. But the main thing here is that it's big cap tech leading the way. The thing is that we've seen this before, guys, in 2007, before the financial crisis. you were talking about almost 28% of all profits in S&P of companies were made from financial firms you know, 30% of the sector that was uh, pushing the market was financial services. Again, it's a completely different sector, I understand. Information technology and big cap tech, which is providing a little more of a, you know, tangible good, meaning cloud, if you want to say example of iPhones, um, you know Amazon with their shipping, or you know stuff like that. And financial services are pretty much ambiguous. You know day trading, uh, fixed income trading, investment banking. It's, it's a you know we know that technology is more innovative than it is when it comes to financials. So again, there's a little bit of a parallel there. I don't think it's sustainable long term. But again, these these companies, big cap tech companies, have a lot of room to run. The only thing that kind of scares me when it comes to these all time highs is valuations. You're talking about these big companies like an Amazon is paying 117 times forward earnings. Are you willing to pay that amount for this company? Again, if you ask me and I've been saying this many times on our morning note, if you gave me $10 million, a million dollars and said only buy one stock, it's Amazon without a doubt. Amazon is the big one. Amazon's the, the team. That's the, the only one stock I'd want to own. Now obviously I wouldn't want to put all my eggs in one basket, but again, Amazon would be the way to go. We've seen AWS, which is Amazon Web Services. Amazon Web Services is their cloud company. I think that alone, if you spun off AWS from Amazon, the company itself, it'd still be a Fortune 500 company. They'd have two Fortune 500 companies. That's how big they are. Remember, they are still the leader in cloud. Azure, which is from Microsoft, would be number two. Then also you have Oracle and all those other boys and and IBM when they bought Red Hat. But again, and we've talked about the cloud kings many times, especially back in 2018 and 2017. These are the companies that are leading the way. It's the cloud boys. The salesforce.com, CRM is the ticker symbol. Microsoft was your top 10 stock of 2019 as well. You know, Red Hat, which was bought by IBM. We're starting to see that kind of movement, everything to cloud. The big, 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 big thing that stands out when it comes to cloud is that governments have not really embraced the cloud yet, like the Pentagon. And I think that's going to be a really big opportunity for a company like Amazon and AWS or Microsoft and Azure to get those government contracts and really put their cemented stamp on this market. So again, there is a little more room to run when it comes to these tech boys, especially a Microsoft and and an Amazon. I like them, especially, and a Google too, and a Salesforce.com, those guys, especially the cloud guys. I really like them long-term. I definitely would buy them even at these valuations because they have a lot of room to run. So again, we know what's leading the way, right? So now let's kind of switch gears here. Let's talk about macro. Again, we just got word here on Friday at 8.30 about the GDP reading for the first quarter. And that was reported at a 3.2% growth rate against the forecast of 2.2. Now that's 1% above the consensus prediction. Now that's the GDP for the first quarter, which is very, very great. Keep in mind guys, that's advanced GDP. That's not final GDP. There's always revision, just like anything else. Now, that's a good sign for the market, again, because you're starting to see growth and economic growth. I think the only thing that would sputter here, obviously, is that we're getting a little bit of a global slowdown. And the first thing that kind of tells me this is semiconductors and automobile sales. Now, Ford reported a good quarter, but I'm starting to see a little bit of cracks in the thing here. You're starting to see semiconductors, which I've said many times semiconductors are the leader when it comes to the market. When semiconductors are up, the markets are up with it. it, it's the leading indicator. So with small caps, IWM and the Russell 2000. Russell 2000 still has about 5-6% away from the all-time highs, while the S&P and the NASDAQ have gone. S&P and NASDAQ, what's the biggest uh, companies there? Information technology. You got it. The MAGA and the Fang stocks. So again, you could kind of put those in the same block, but Russell 2000 companies, those are the small caps, a lot of financials, SunTrust, Regions, those boys. You wanna be a little wary. I still think they're very, very aggressive. You do not wanna get into those if you have a faint of heart of investing or trading, because again, they're very aggressive. They still need capital to kinda of grow. And um, those, some of those companies, guys, are not profitable. I mean, think about a Lyft or an Uber. And I do own Lyft. I did buy at the IPO and I am down about 35%. You, tell, you can listen to the other podcast talking about it two episodes ago. I still like it long-term, and yes, I'll be buying Uber. So again, we're still getting a lot of IPO movement here, but there were some IPOs that did very well. Pinterest did very well. Zoom did very well. Those companies are boosting up. Lyft has been kind of the, you know, pimple here. Again, I still love the company, but again, if you're talking about short term price action, it does look pretty bad for the IPO market. Uber brought their violations down a little bit, but in a macroeconomic sense, as we get back to it, we saw GDP growing. We see unemployment going down. We're seeing inflation very tame which in turn brings the federal reserve back into play. The federal reserve is going to allow asset prices like global equities stocks to keep going up. it's going to give it that kind of environment to grow. They're going to sit themselves back. They're not going to have a rate increase this year, guys, it's just not going to happen. So again, macroeconomic sense, it looks pretty good. It's kind of like a gold box effect. And of course it helps to have a president and Donald Trump who kind of decided to make his barometer of his presidency, the stock market. It's a big deal to him. I would not be surprised he has a Bloomberg terminal in his office to see exactly the markets or CNBC on 24/7 to see exactly where the market's going. I mean, he saw oil come up and gas prices go up. First thing he does is he freaking calls OPEC and lets them know that they need to lower the prices. And look what happens down 3.7% on a Friday. I've never seen a president be so hands-on with the stock market since Ronald Reagan and his treasury secretary, Don Regan, who used to be the CEO of Merrill Lynch. Again, it's a Republican Wall Street type of presidency. Good for markets, good for us. So you're starting to see an environment that cultivates these kind of price action moves. Very, very good stuff here across the board. So again, with that being said, microeconomics makes sense. The macros here. We know we still have valuations a little high, but tech is leading the way. There's still a lot more growth in tech. One little piece here of macroeconomics that's moving this market is that bonds are very low. So again when bond yields are low you can have a one or two ways you're having a lot of push into risk assets meaning you know people are saying hey it's not a big deal you know why would i want to invest in such a low yielding return in like negative interest rates like germany or japan and if i could just get two and a half percent on a 10 year in the united states but again remember yields move inverse of bond prices if yields are down that means there's still some kind of appetite for safe investments for fixed income that's not exactly pushing the bull market either. What we're seeing is that bonds, gold, commodities, and equity prices are all up. What we called it was kind of the reflation trade back in 2017. So again, you're starting to see the pieces move around. The main thing I've always talked about was the 10-year yields. And where does it close? How's the price action? We saw inverted yield curves. They it affect banks. Banks have new profitable record numbers in their quarters. They're doing amazing. They're lending. They have reserves. I mean, it's a Goldilocks effect here. I hate to say we're going to call it top, but I still think we have a little room to go. I still think that S and P can hit thirty three thousand to thirty one hundred. The Dow can definitely hit twenty eight thousand. Uh, thirty thousand would be a little bit of a stretch because three M and Intel and those boys. Remember, there's only thirty companies in the Dow, and a company like Boeing with their headline risk of the seven thirty seven max, that's going to take a little bit of a hit on the index. Again, so S&P is a lot more broader. It's 500 companies. The Nasdaq, a little more broader. And Dow, you're talking about, is a lot of it's different differentiation and weighting. So again, a company like a Boeing or a Caterpillar or a 3M can really hurt the Dow. So kind of keep that in the back of your mind when you look at the Dow Jones. Kind of don't base your, your investment or trading strategy just on the Dow. Those are just 30 companies, the biggest blue chip companies, and it's a good way to see it. But again, I would say the S&P or SPX is the way to see things of a true barometer of the market. Now, you can also argue and say information technology is heavily weighted. Yes, it's sector weighted. But again, it's not individual companies weighted like the Dow Jones, where the Boeing uh, is about 4% of the, of the actual index. Again, there's a lot of things that are still have a little bit of catch up here. You still have the Russell needs to catch up here. about 5%, 6% away from where we are. Boeing took in a big hit, a big part of the Dow and S&P as well. Uh, industrials taking a slight hit, semiconductors pushing, but again taking a slide back. But again, you're starting to see companies. I'm I'm seeing a lot of good numbers here. They're beating expectations, but the expectations are pretty low after that fourth quarter. I would say we can literally see exactly where we need to be in the third quarter when the second quarter numbers, which are based on the first quarter numbers. Now we can raise the barometer and see if we still have sales growth, if we still have EPS growth. Again, I want to see one thing, one thing only. I want to see earnings per share. EPS tells me the most. Revenue tells me the most. I don't care about profitability. Not because I don't care. It's just the fact that you can always cut headcount to get where you want to get. You can lay off hundreds of people, thousands of people to bring a profitability sales. Are you getting the sales? Are you getting earnings? Are you getting growth? That's what I want to see as an investor. We're seeing it here. I don't see it as big as it was in 2017 and 2018 but tax cuts do help. And keep in mind, guys, we're in an election cycle here. We're in 2019, we're prepping for 2020. Depending on where we go, I still think Donald Trump may have some ammo in his pocket. Two things here, there may be some ammo, as we kind of stick say, to the microeconomics here, the macros, is the fact that there's still a China trade deal looming around that could happen in June, if not May. And also, don't be surprised to get another tax cut. The Republicans really hang their hat on those tax cuts. If he wins in 2020, which more than likely he will. Wall Street is placing about 75 percent of a chance he's going to uh, win the election in 2020, right? I still think a tax cut is in play. Corporate tax cut, personal tax cut. The tax cut that the tax uh, system that we did have now for consumer middle class wasn't very popular because the refunds were actually smaller. I think that Republicans could rework that and get this market back to even higher. Is this market sustainable? No, and I'll tell you why. Because the cycle, this is a long bull market. We still need a little more catalyst. I think earnings are fine, but again, guys, everything moves in a circle. Everything moves in a cycle. You have to kind of have a flush it out here moment where you know, sales don't last forever and you can only boost it with cheap money so far. There's going to be a time where inflation is going to come around and the Federal Reserve has to raise rates. And the last thing we want is stagflation, which is what we had in the 80s, where prices went up and growth was down because inflation was up. So again, keep that in mind. If you're gonna ask me today, back in this bull market, can you trade this bull market to the upside? Absolutely. Can you invest in this bull market to the upside? Absolutely. But, here's the simple but. If you are trading short term, you wanna take some profits off the table, you're up 20, 30% on your portfolio, I'm more than happy, happy for you to take some cash out. Keep in mind your tax implications, that's okay. There's no problem with taking out some profits and put it in your pocket. Take a look at the names that have got you where you are. The Netflixes, the semiconductors, those guys have been huge growth. The marijuana companies due to consolidation, maybe some IPO names, take some money out of that. I don't care if you can't trim a little off the top, cash is a position, guys. If you're a long-term investor, stick to the plan. I recommend still 21st, 25,000 S&P 500 fund, after that, you stick to the individual names that you like. Big cap stocks. Always throw a couple of names that you know that are kind of wild and out there. Maybe marijuana stock, or you know, a Tesla, for example. That's a little more risky. Or a small, small cap biotech, where you could take a look at an XBI or an IBB, which is the ETF for the biotech companies. So again, you always want to have a little bit of risk. Again, that's dependent on your risk tolerance and your age, and how close you are to retirement and your investment goals. And that's something we would discuss on a one-on-one basis with our clientele. So that's where we are in this market, guys. We're not in a top yet. I still think we have a little more ammo to go. I think we have a little more room to go. I think that everyone who's been short since 2300 has been basically just removed from the equation here. There's some bearish people out there. Absolutely. Just go on Twitter and take a look at people who are very bearish. You've seen it, but they've been wrong since 2300 since Christmas, since the S&P low of Christmas of this past last year in 2018. So again, guys ride the wave. If you're a long term investor, none of this really matters. You're sticking to the plan. And if you're a short term trader or a swing trader, guys, stick to the names. You know, information technology is moving in. I think there's a possible dip by here when it comes to healthcare. i really like the sector, especially at UNH and those guys, I think healthcare does bounce. That's Medicare is not going to happen. If you are looking for value here, energy could be a play. I still like energy. Um, you know, they still have tons of cash. Exxon and Chevron did kind of miss on their earnings, but I think there's a lot, a lot of movement there the only thing that will hurt oil would be a stronger dollar. And if you are looking for a little more aggressive growth, and I think this may be the key, I'm just going to throw it out there. I think crypto is an opportunity to get in, especially if we accelerate to the downside with global growth. If global growth accelerates, decelerates, excuse me, cryptocurrency could be a way to kind of hedge your portfolio for that kind of growth. Again, if you've ridden the wave here with Bitcoin and all that stuff, Remember, keep it very, very light when it comes to risk, guys. Do not put everything you own into some Bitcoin. I'm just saying that it wouldn't be a bad idea to have. I'd rather have that than gold personally, but gold's not bad either. But again, you're not going to get as much growth as you would on aggressive growth like a Bitcoin or an Ethereum or pick your cryptocurrency as you would. So again, definitely a lot of information this time, this go around, guys. Again, let's just ride the wave and uh, just want to say thank you so much for joining me today, the latest episode of the JR Capital Podcast. My name is Carlos Garcia, founder and CEO of JR Capital. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. We'll catch you for the next episode. Have a great rest of your weekend.